0: live from the heartland and the crossroads of america it's tony katz today
1: wait we can turn this thing around Dr. Fauci, I have kind of a very specific question for you, but you were mentioning about kids already 12 and over being able to receive the vaccine. And the vaccine can definitely make
2: you feel some symptoms. Um, Some people feel kind of terrible for a day and then
1: it then it works. It continues to work. But for kids who are 12. Um, They come in all shapes and sizes. I mean, they're six feet tall, you know, four feet tall, skinny, you know, heavier. Can a small
2: 12-year-old take the the vaccine at age 12? Is it safe for all kids at the age of 12?
1: Well, yeah. At the age of twelve, that is that that you know that that line between twelve and when you get to eleven down. We're doing a dose uh, determination study where you're cutting down the dose on the younger children, and that's what you want to do, particularly. Can we stop for a moment? You don't have an
0: answer. Who are you kidding? Right now, you take a look at the American populace and ask them what the difference between a 12-year-old and an 11-year-old is. They don't have an answer. They don't have an answer for what's the difference between an adult and a child because they look at children and they think it's just a small adult. The question is, why are we vaccinating kids who don't die from COVID? Follow-up, why in the hell are we listening to Anthony Fauci? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. 833 got Tony, 833 8669 Why are we listening to this man? Why are we paying attention to him? He, the, the, the time is now. We don't have any time uh, to, to wait. I, I don't want to hear uh, about people's freedoms. It's a public health crisis, don't you know? I can't make this up. I have no capacity to make this up. I'm not good enough to be able to do it. All I can do is share with you The
1: madness
0: of Dr. Anthony Fauci in this interview with Anderson Cooper.
1: But the other thing that you just mentioned now is they're going to give a lot of incentive and backing for a lot of institutions and organizations and places of employment to mandate. And that could be colleges, university, the military. Organizations that employ a lot of people, some of the big corporations, are going to say, if you want to work for us in person, you've got to be there and get vaccinated. And I think that's a good thing. I know I respect people's freedom. But when you're talking about a public health crisis that we've been going through now for well over a year and a half, the time has come. Enough is enough. We've just got to get people vaccinated.
0: He doesn't care about people's freedom at all. There's a... Breathe, Tony. Just breathe. Think of puppies, Tony. I was getting myself very, very angry, and I needed to, I need something that'll, that'll make me happy. What'll make me happy? Think happy the thoughts. Of- oh no, not him! He will not give you happy thoughts. Think happy thoughts, Tony. Here,
1: here, Schoolhouse Rock. Elementary, my dear, two times two is four. Elementary, my dear, two times three is six. Elementary.
0: All right, that nope, nope, no, that's not doing it. What about what, what about donuts?
1: Mmm, donuts. There
0: we go. That's 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 always good. Happy Gilmore. Oh, why didn't you just go home? That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me. Ah, <sighs> everything's fine. Everything's fine. You see, if you spend too much time listening to Dr. Fauci, you spend too much time listening to this liar. This despicable, disgusting authoritarian, this man who has given up any concepts of science so he can get himself in front of a television camera and proceed to tell you, me, and we that personal freedoms are garbage and mean nothing. You have to get everybody vaccinated until you have to get them a booster shot, until you have to get them vaccinated again, and you have to do it to your two-year-old and probably in the eyeball because that's the best way to get it into them. That's why we have to get vaccinated. Breathe, Tony. Breathe. There should be more flute in television theme songs, don't you think? I'm with you guys. There is absolutely positively no doubt that to hear him is angering. The despicableness of his words, the hatred... They're in I respect people's freedom But when you're talking about a public health crisis The time has come, enough is enough You mean enough freedom is enough Enough freedom is enough No, no, I look at freedom like bourbon Enough freedom is never enough Never, never, never And I'm with you Regarding how outrageous this all is How much this drives you mad, how this is affecting parts of your life, conversations with your spouse, with your kids, with your parents, with your friends, you never thought you'd have to have in the United States of America, and it's right here I understand how absolutely frustrating it is, because every time you look at the world... It's like you're in the upside down. I get it. I hear you. And I'm not trying to make your life more difficult. I'm also not anti-inoculation. I know they call it a vaccine, but it's an inoculation. I'm not. I, I, I think it works. I think the data shows uh, that it works. That people have had some effect from it. Uh, there, there's an effect from everything. That's I don't believe that's an argument. I think you take a look at the totality of the thing. Some people have engaged this anti-vax, uh, anti-inoculation conversation for its political purposes and for its audience purposes. I, 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 I do neither. I think the most disgusting thing we've done is engaged the politics of it. But. When people like Dr. Fauci say, I respect people's freedom, but when you're talking about a public health crisis, the time has come and enough is enough, he doesn't respect your freedom. Go to hell, Dr. Fauci. Don't you understand you're the enemy? Actively supporting business owners who mandate vaccines? Don't you understand if you're mandating a vaccine, you're a bad person? You're not good at your gig, man. Oh, trust me, I know I'm speaking to people who are going to take that personally from me and are going to text me. And what do you want me to do, lie? I can't do it. I can't lie. My entire life got better when I stopped lying to myself, when I stopped lying to others, that literally the day I stopped and said, I just can't do this, everything in my life turned around you think i'm gonna give that up i can't i can't i cannot i have to look myself in a mirror i have to be able to look my kids in the eye i gotta be able to look my wife in the eye i cannot do it it's wrong to mandate vaccines it is wrong it is ugly it is despicable it is shameful and you are not good and decent business owners you're bullies, you're thugs, and you're taking the words of Joe Biden. Joe Biden is is the one who's wh- wh- what is he doing? Is he is he colluding with you to to, to, to get this done? Is that what this is? Today, I'm calling on more country, more companies, I should say, in the private sector
2: to step up with vaccine requirements that will reach millions more people. If you're a business leader, a nonprofit leader, a state or local leader who has been waiting for full FDA approval to require vaccinations, I'm calling you now to do that. Require it. Do what I did last month. Require your employees to get vaccinated or face strict requirements.
0: Well, no, no, they're getting fired. (laughs) They're not facing strict requirements. But is this why we got FDA approval? Now, wait a second. Now you, Joe Biden, the president of the United States, you, the business owners, are making us question now the FDA approval. We're supposed to look at that and say, okay, this thing is safe. But no, no, we don't do that now. Now we look at it and say, oh, you just approved it so you can force it into people's arms. I am not anti-inoculation. I never have been. I am not even anti-mask. I am anti-force. The science shows us that mask mandates don't work. They don't. I, would, I, would it matter what Dr. Fauci says? They don't work. The data is too overwhelming. Putting masks on kids is to hate children. And I have many countries that don't vaccinate kids 12 and under because it doesn't make any sense. If you want to vaccinate your kid, I don't get to to say yes or no. But wait until the schools force it. Wait until they force it. And if you're not vaccinated, that's okay. You wear a mask and then we pull you out for testing, but we pull you out very, very dramatically in front of all the students so you're embarrassed. You watch what they do to kids like somehow they care about the children. I get it. I get it. It's a very, very negative, negative point of view. Breathe, Tony, breathe. I see. It, It makes everything better, I tell you. Oh, I, I have no faith, no belief. By the way, it's being reported that, according to the Pfizer CEO, COVID nineteen vaccine resistant variant likely to emerge.
1: Oh my God! Okay, it's happening.
0: Everybody, stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay- Total madness. Who didn't know this was coming? Who didn't know there was going to be another variant? As is being reported, a vaccine-resistant variant is likely to emerge... But Pfizer is convinced they would be able to turn around a variant-specific mRNA jab within three months. They'd be able to get you a vaccine within three months. They'd have this covered. It's not a vaccine. It's an inoculation. I'm just using the, the generalized, uh, popularized nomenclature. Of course this never ends. It never ends. So why would I believe Dr. Anthony Fauci? When he says, if we just do this, if we just do this, everything will be totally fine by the spring of 2022. Who believes him? What kind of person believes Dr. Anthony Fauci that by the spring of 2022, this will all be fine if we're all vaccinated? And uh, the, the, the answer is no one. And by the way, here's Fauci saying that, oh, not only should you, should you uh, be vaccinated, but absolutely wearing a mask indoors. We debated the
1: CDC's changing guidance on masks over the last 18 months. What is your view, Dr. Fauci, right now on masks in light of the Delta variant? Are surgical masks good enough or should everyone be wearing now N95s, KN95s in indoor venues? You know, maybe instead of worrying about what kind of mask, just wear a mask, wear a mask, you know, wear a surgical mask, a cloth mask. Some people can't tolerate N95s. Rather than saying one versus the other, we need to wear mask. And the Delta variant... Oh has changed the playing field. It absolutely has. It has an extraordinary capability of spreading from person to person. And that's the why the CDC is saying even if you're fully vaccinated, if you're in an indoor situation in an area of the country, which essentially is the whole country with very few exceptions, then you should be wearing a mask when you're in an indoor situation with other people. Not in your home, in a public situation. They've in-
0: already said in your home don't try and and spin it that whole conversation happened with the CDC masks don't stop COVID the data is clear what is he talking about yes I Tony Katz a radio host clearly know more about masks than Dr. Anthony Fauci he's pushing ideology I've got science I don't like that (laughs) by the way it creeps me out but it is true What am I supposed to do? I can't lie. Can't do it. Cannot, cannot, cannot do it. It's going to be okay, guys. Together. It's going to be okay. I'm Tony Katz. Real quick, somebody emailed me that I said that COVID doesn't kill children and then said I should do some research instead of spreading this information. Uh, Since I've got enough on record, I I don't worry about those kinds of things. But just so we're clear, yeah, children have died of COVID, just like children have died of the flu. It's that children in the main don't die from COVID. I thought it was very clear that when I say children don't die from COVID, I am discussing uh, the the large percentages. It is seniors who die from COVID. It's people with serious comorbidities that die from COVID. And yes, some healthy people have died from COVID, but that's not the people in the main. So let's not say I'm putting out disinformation. That's that's just not it. It's a good reminder to always make sure you're qualifying things. Because, you know, with some people you have to, because all they want to do is find the moment. ha, 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 and that's when you got to breathe, breathe. I, I, need, I need more relaxing music, right? I, that, that's, that's what I'm going to need, especially these days, because things are getting more and more crazy. Speaking of crazy, according to a uh, story out there, some reporting out there, eating one hot dog takes 35 minutes off of your life. No, it doesn't. That's a total lie. What? I'm sure that's true. No, it's not. It's not true. Joey Chestnut would be dead. I guess that's his. Joey Chestnut would be dead. That's the competitive eater. I actually saw him over the weekend. Like, in person? In person. He had the belt and everything. All right. The guy who eats all the hot dogs at Nathan's and all the shrimp with the St. Elmo's contest in Indianapolis uh, uh, during uh, college football championships. Oh, yeah a nice dude, totally good dude, Uh, and and he's got a belt for eating all the hot dogs, like 9,000 hot dogs in three minutes, Uh, he would be dead. He would be dead. No, it does not take 35 minutes off your life. Go enjoy yourself a hot dog and have fun. Just make it all beef. That's all. If you got a bunch of garbage hot dog things going on there, maybe you got yourself a problem. But you go with a little Hebrew national. We answer to a higher authority. You're going to be totally fine life uh, finds a way. There you go, much better. (laughs) Much better. Please, don't listen to craziness. That's all. Don't let everything drive you nuts. Go enjoy a hot dog. Former U.S. Senator Jim Talent joins us. Not only what has gone wrong in Afghanistan, but how does this play into the propaganda war going into the future? This is Tony Katz today. What has happened in Afghanistan is a disaster for the security of the United States. Leaving Afghanistan was the wrong thing to do, and it was done in the worst way possible. Like all bad decisions, it will have evil consequences, increasing the danger of another attack on the American homeland and making aggression and conflict more likely elsewhere in the world. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Those are not my words. Those are the words of Jim Talent, former senator from Missouri. He joins us right now. You wrote that at National Review, sir, and you referred to the article. The article is headlined a fiasco in full. You have an understanding of military operations. You chaired the Sea Power Subcommittee when you were uh, a senator. You're the chairman of the National Leadership Council at the Reagan Institute. But even in a world of strong words, these are some very, very strong words. This is a disaster, and we have no idea how big of a disaster we're creating. Talk me through how you see the last week and the decisions made by this administration.
2: Yeah, well, uh, Tony, I appreciate that, by the way. I don't know that I've ever had an interview where anybody's uh, quoted me at length. Uh, we had a minimal investment of, in, in Afghanistan at this point, because Trump's policies had enabled us to reduce the number of American troops to about 2,500, uh, they were not in a direct combat role and not at high risk. And we leveraged 5,000 NATO troops for that. And for that, we were able to strike at our enemies in, Al- in Afghanistan, Al Qaeda, ISIS, pretty much whenever and wherever we wanted to. Uh, we, were, we had a very important intelligence collection node not just in Afghanistan, but in Pakistan, in Iran, which has a long border with Afghanistan, uh, and in China's western provinces, uh, which is where they are committing genocide against the Wagars, And we had a counterweight to Chinese influence in southern Asia. That was very reassuring, for example, to India. So I I was never in favor of leaving. I never understood the the idea that, that there was something. Now, granted, the investment over 20 years, was tremendous. But given that we were where we were, these were significant advantages for a minimal investment. There's also, there was also the tremendous downside risk that when we left, uh, we would signal to other countries that we were not going to protect them, that they should not choose us as opposed to the Chinese. There was always the danger of uh, the Taliban taking over the country and reconstituting Al-Qaeda there. And uh, there was the uh, you know, the 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 signal uh, that that uh, we would not be able to collect the intelligence you know, that we needed and that the Chinese would move into Afghanistan and assume influence there. So I, I thought leaving was a mistake. But the way we left. I mean, it just magnified everything.
1: And, and that's and where so this
2: is. Go, if people who compare it to Saigon are right. In fact, it's probably worse.
0: And that's where the real split in the conversation is. And it's the split between what America is discussing and what President Biden continues to discuss. He's discussing we had to leave Afghanistan. His Pride point is that he ended the war not passing it along to another president. What Americans are looking at is how it has happened. And when the White House says we haven't stranded Americans, it's clearly obvious that we have. So before we go back to the idea of the, uh, staying in these kinds of places, let's get into how you're viewing how this pullout has taken place and talk about that geopolitical in terms of what does Taiwan see? Mm. What does Ukraine see? What is, as we're talking about, what does Estonia, uh, take, take a look at? in in fears of of russia making other moves what what went wrong as you see it in how this pullout took place and what are the effects in in the immediate and long term in taiwan ukraine and estonia
2: the effects are already happening the chinese press and think tanks are mocking us i mean remember they have a huge mechanism to advance their narrative so they're already Publishing articles, sending signals to the ASEAN countries, that's the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, and of course to Taiwan, saying the Americans are on the way out. You can't count on them. Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, was forced to make a statement that we would keep our commitments to our allies. The Taiwanese government was forced to say we're not going we wouldn't collapse like the uh, like the Afghans. And we still believe in American resolve. The opposition party. In, in in taiwan is using it against this this the president who's very strong in favor of resisting uh you know uh, chinese aggression it's already happening the chinese are negotiating with the taliban now they're going to move carefully there's no reason for them to to push or to be hasty we're already seeing this play out i mean it's just it's rational anybody could see it and it's because of the decision number one, but I think the the way it was handled and why it worked that way. Well, clearly there was no interagency planning. I mean, I, I, this was a, this was a failure on a very, very fundamental level. And, and, and we're not through it yet. I mean, we're, the initiative is passed to the Taliban. So they're the ones who are going to decide what happens now on the ground in, in Kabul as regards us. And uh, we're holed up in that airport. We can't get around You're reading. Your listeners know what's going on there. It's an utter disaster. And everybody in Washington I talk to, I mean, Republican, Democrat, they're just so depressed. Everybody in the national security, you know, the the networks of people who are involved in this because this is so bad.
0: Talking to former U.S. Senator Jim Talent, uh, his piece at National Review, a fiasco. In full, let me go back to something you said in the piece discussing how, never mind the, the, the bungling of, of the pullout, That there is now a vacuum in Afghanistan, which China will try to fill. You are not the first person I have read who has made the connection going back to Libya, the removal of Muammar Gaddafi, which people argued wasn't necessary at the moment, and the power vacuum and the vacuum that was then filled by the Muslim Brotherhood. Talk to me about how you see China trying to fill this vacuum in Afghanistan, considering that the Taliban is a believer in control over Afghanistan and doesn't seem, uh, from, from, from the outsider looking in, to be interested in striking deals with China that weakens their position.
2: Oh, no, they're already talking and the Taliban saying nice things about China. This is standard playbook for Beijing, is to negotiate deals with corrupt or authoritarian regimes. They don't care what the Taliban's going to do in its own country, right? So you start there. They have connections with the Taliban through Pakistan, which is a Chinese ally. And as I said in the column, the logical deal for them to try to cut, and I'm not certain this is going to happen, but that they're certainly going to try, is to get an agreement from the Taliban to protect Chinese nationals while they extract the enormous mineral wealth in Afghanistan, they have iron, they have copper, they have lithium, they have rare earth metals. This is, again, Chinese standard uh, Beijing's playbook. And what the Taliban will have to agree again is to let them do that and not to do anything that disturbs what the Chinese are doing in Xinjiang province to their Uyghurs, Okay, Because Afghanistan is a very small, like a 50-mile border with China. And if the Taliban will agree to do that, the Chinese will do a lot for them. They'll cover for them internationally. They'll give them technology to snoop and oppress their own people. And they'll, they'll pay off their leaders at a minimum. I mean, in other words, again, all standard Beijing stuff. So that's why I think it's going to go that way. I'm not certain because the Taliban is crazy. And the situation in, in Afghanistan may be very unstable for a while. But that's my fear.
0: We take a look at, at the Taliban and we take a look at Al Qaeda and, and recognizing the similarities of course are the adherence to Sharia law. The differences if if we can describe it as such, is their idea of of point of of view in terms of desire. The Taliban is Afghanistan. That's what they want to control. Al-Qaeda wants a worldwide level uh, of of control. How much of this China influence then allows for Al-Qaeda influence? And is Al-Qaeda, I'll use the term smart enough, are they really willing to play a game that they just go after the West and they don't eventually go after China and and Russia as well?
2: Well, I think certainly in the short term, that's the judgment Beijing's going to have to make, how trustworthy they are. And then Beijing's going to have to, to determine what kind of mechanisms they can use to effectively punish them if they violate that. So, I, you know, it's, you're right. I mean, they could end up turning on Beijing, but why should they? I mean, it, it's, it's the West that they've been attacking. Uh, it's the West that they see as particularly decadent and in decline and the United States being the lead of that. I mean, they didn't fly the planes into any towers in, uh, in Beijing. So I think it's, I, I see no reason to believe the Chinese will not think that is a plausible outcome. And again, they're already moving to do that. They've signaled they're going to recognize the government when it's formed. I expect them uh, to obstruct anything that we try and do in the UN in terms of sanctions or the rest of it. Again, all this remains to be seen. But Tony, these were risks that were always there. I mean, it's it's what I said. The, what we've done is accepted enormous risk in Afghanistan and magnify, magnified it just many many times. By the way, we've done this, and the continued incompetence on the ground <clears throat> in, uh, in Kabul, which I suspect is because we're we're obviously very concerned what the Taliban's going to do to the Americans who are in Kabul.
0: Talking to former U.S. Senator Jim Talent of Missouri, chaired the Sea Power Subcommittee, currently chairman of the National Leadership Council at the Reagan Institute. Let's now bring it back to this biden administration to this idea that it's wrong to say that we've stranded americans in afghanistan when clearly we have uh we are talking about people that are now being flown out and they're bragging about it in the administration even though these people should have been out already and we don't know if these people are americans one of the things that we talk about is propaganda power and, uh, for example, the Taliban raising their flag a la Iwo Jima and utilizing that, wearing U.S. Uh, military, uh, uniforms, the amount of hardware that we left behind, the billions of, of dollars. How does, let's go into how this plays out for our allies. That propaganda as utilized against the French, against, uh, the, the Brits, against the Germans, and that relationship with the United States going forward.
2: Well, one of the reasons this was so terrible, and this is directly due to the way they bungled the withdrawal, is because they crossed up all of our NATO partners who were in Afghanistan with us. In other words, these countries followed our lead. We decided to leave, and so they thought, okay, we're going to leave. We'll be able to get our nationals out. The Americans know what they're doing. And we're not, uh, you know, our governments are not going to get stuck in a situation where our, our nationals can't get out of, uh, of cattle. And then they completely bungled it. They're, by the way, they're bungling the bungling because the wrong thing to do when you have a failure like this is to hide and then make contradictory statements and then, you know, get angry at people who ask you questions. So these governments are taking heat back home. I mean, Boris Johnson had to sit there in the House of Commons for, for seven hours while everybody beat up on him and, and his uh his foreign minister for the failures in Afghanistan, he couldn't get a phone call through to biden i mean they're they're livid, the Germans are livid i mean it's and and I don't blame them because they trusted that we had some idea what we were doing. Now you can tell how frustrated I am. I mean all this is such a terrible unforced error. Um, and how in the world, if you've decided to to, to go, that you can't plan it more effectively? I mean, Tony, look, if if you and your listeners uh, had a discussion about this three or four months ago for thirty minutes, you could have come up with a plan for evacuation that that uh, the outline of a plan that was better than this. Clearly, I mean, would you withdraw the 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 service personnel before the civilians?
0: There's no rational way that that happens, and it makes people ask, why did Joe Biden do it that way? What What is the goal here? And I, the only thing I can come up with is he was more interested in the legacy he would create about withdrawal than he was worried about what happens when you withdraw improperly. His focus is out of focus. That, that's been my take. Yeah, I suspect,
2: and of course I don't know this, and there are going to be inquiries, so we'll get a lot more information whether we'll ever really find out, I don't know. I suspect that, you know, he issued this order. They should have been working on a plan before he issued it. And I don't think they ever got they they ever initiated and effective what's called the interagency process. I don't want to sound like, you know, Using Washington Washingtonese here, but it's basically they convene all the agencies that have a stake in this, and this is done by the National Security Council, which would be Jake Sullivan, and then they begin planning together. That is okay. What what are what are the roles of each of the agencies? How do we coordinate it? How do we time it, et cetera? I don't think that ever happened effectively. So the Department of Defense did its own plan, which was to get out its personnel, and they did that well. I mean, the department's good at that sort of thing.
0: Honestly, they said,
2: okay, the, we'll, get, wait, we'll come up with our own plan. We'll get our people out. And they said, just protect the embassy. And that's why Millie said, press conference a few days, that we were told to protect the embassy. We, we protected the embassy. And I don't think there was any coordination. And that's the job of the White House is to ensure that that's happening, because only the White House can do that.
0: I will tell and, you right now that I, what I'm I, saying, in other words. Yeah, yeah uh, I know. No, I, I, I no get your point. I'm unfortunately what, up, Clinton up Clinton against it. Senator, I'm up against the time, but yep. I do think you're right, and that is even more frightening. We will speak again. Uh, Senator Jim uh, Talent, check out the piece at National Review Online, com. A fiasco in full is uh, the piece, sir. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. We've got more coming up. I'm Tony Katz. I gotta tell you i am this this party that the democrats had was it a fundraiser that nancy pelosi was a part of and it's a whole bunch of democrats in san francisco and none of them are wearing a mask man it is it's everything because there are schools that are now saying oh COVID is spreading you have to wear a mask COVID spreading we have to go virtual i am getting People emailing me from from local schools, hey, you, you got the story wrong. We're trying to protect the students. N- 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 not if you're going virtual, you're not. Kids, ha- in, in, in greater numbers, youths, as we'll quote my cousin Vinny, have been getting COVID. But not necessarily hospitalized and certainly not dying. Those numbers are outrageously small. So just because somebody has COVID doesn't mean you shut down the school. Oh, it's over 20%. What what does that even mean? You invented a number. You made up a number. I reject the idea that you're protecting anybody. And I absolutely reject the idea that the political left gets to engage this conversation as from on high when they don't wear masks. Nancy Pelosi doesn't wear masks at dinner parties. She doesn't wear masks to, to get her hair cut. Why are we listening to her? And they wonder why it's so difficult to get a message through. Because we know
1: they're lying. This is Tony Katz Today.